Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Elliot Towsley, and this is the Business of Music podcast. Thank you for joining us. My business partner, James Landry, and I go back and forth about how we can help independent artists market their own music. If you have more questions, follow us on Instagram or come to denovoagency.com and we'll be happy to help. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My name's Elliot. I'm with my business partner, James. This is the Business of Music podcast. James, what's up, man? Not much. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm getting attacked by my dog, but what else is new? Um, we're getting a lot of good feedback on the podcast so far. Um, and as we figure our stuff out, I think um, we're really going to get more in, in the swing of things. But we've had two great guests so far. Um, we've had a lot of questions come in on Instagram and email. And for anyone who's listening, if you have a question that you would like answered on the Business of Music podcast or on one of our Instagram lives, shoot us an email at contact at denovoagency.com. Um, we can get your question and air, uh, put it right on the air, make some videos of it, and we'll probably tag you in it as well. Um, so shoot your questions to contact at denovoagency.com. But here we are, it's October 8th, and we had some interesting things happen in music this week, and we've had a sad thing happen. Uh, we'll start there. Uh, my dad would be very disappointed in me if I did not mention the passing of Eddie Van Halen. Um, guitar legend from the band Van Halen in the 80s. And I mean, he really changed the way that people play the guitar back in the day. And he died, um, he had cancer. He was only like 65 when he just passed. And it came as a surprise, I guess, because he was very, very quiet about it. And like not many people knew he was sick. And then not even fewer people knew to the extent that he was sick. Um, but Van Halen pretty much pioneered a technique on the electric guitar that is common now, but in the, he was the first person to do it, and it's called tapping. Um, so after Hendrix, Van Halen was like the next pioneer of the guitar. And this guy built a guitar from scratch, and he immigrated to the United States from, I think, like Germany or somewhere in Eastern Europe, wherever the Von Hollands come from. But he was broke and he put together this guitar out of like two or three other pieces of other guitars, of pieces that were broken or just junk. Because he was broke, he couldn't afford a nice guitar. So we just took what he could find and put one together and he called it Frankenstein. And on that guitar is, when, is where he debuted a lot of his techniques on that first Van Halen album. Their album, it starts out with a song called Eruption. And if you haven't heard it, go and listen to it. And just imagine what the rock and roll world was like when they heard this for the first time. Um, no one had ever played the guitar like that, that tapping where he puts both of his hands on the neck of the guitar and just plays the hell out of it. And so long story short, Van Halen pioneered a bunch of different ways of how to play the electric guitar. He's revered in the rock and roll world. And he passed this week at 65, I believe, after battling throat or mouth cancer. So I just wanted to mention that. And James, do you, are you a Van Halen fan or do you just know Jump? 
I know of some of the songs. I couldn't tell you names. Um, I know who he is. I know what he did for the industry, but that's mainly from you. <laughs> oh, they have some great songs. And Van Halen was one of the biggest bands of the eighties and like right in the middle of their prime, they either, they had a falling out with their original singer and their original singer was David Lee Roth. And everybody kind of wrote off Van Halen when he left the group. Cause they were like, ah, oh, man, you know, this is going to come tumbling down and falling, fall apart. But they went and they got Sammy Hagar and everyone was still kind of hesitant about the band. And then they put out an album. I don't remember which album it was that they put out was the first one with Sammy Hagar, but pretty much immediately everyone was like, Oh, (laughs) so Van Halen is one of those groups that was able to kind of adapt and change. And they went from doing, you know, eruption and Janie's crying to like adapting and doing jump. And, you know, I'm not the biggest Van Halen fan, but I just know of their significance. Cause my dad is a big guitar guy and he was always raving about Eddie Van Halen. So we wanted to mention that um, good time to go and listen to some Van Halen music. If you haven't, um, they are, they've probably got 30 hits. Um, so go check out Van Halen and listen to eruption and try to put yourself in a music world where no one had ever played a guitar like that. And also he did the guitar solo on Billy Jean or, Oh, what one was it with Michael Jackson? I don't know if it was Billy Jean. He did a, an amazing guitar solo on a Michael Jackson song. I'm spacing which one it is now, but go check out Eddie Van Halen. He was a legend is a legend. Yeah. What else we have? We have um, Howard Stern. Yes, it is rumored that Howard, so Howard Stern is um, exclusively on Sirius Satellite Radio, and he, his contract is about to expire at the end of this year. He's got something like 30 episodes left. Um, Don't you have Sirius XM just for him? Pretty much, yes. When I got my car, it came with a free trial of Sirius, and I was like, all right, let's check out this and see. Obviously, I knew who Howard Stern was, but I was like, okay, like, what's the big deal? And Man, I got, I got hooked. I'm a big Howard Stern fan. And yes, he is the sole reason I have Sirius XM. So it doesn't surprise me that Sirius XM is considering, it's reported that um, they're considering offering him $120 million a year. Um, and to put in perspective, that's about two and a half times what Patrick Mahomes makes. So I, yeah, five times Mike Trout. Wow. So this is big money. And I mean, his, he's known as the king of all media. And I mean, Sirius XM, even just with the rumor that this was going to be the offer and that Howard Stern was going to resign, their stock went up 7%. Like the CEO is already going out publicly saying like, you know, like we can't confirm or deny, you know, like we're in negotiations right now, but I wouldn't have a problem looking every investor in the eye and saying, this is the best way to spend this money for Sirius. Think of how much money that is. And I was Think about who we could get with that. <laughs> yeah. 120 million. And I think that they 
Sirius is in an interesting spot where they have to. It's almost like, you know, when you're drafted by a team and then that team can offer you more money than like a free ag- another team in free agency. With Spotify exclusively getting Joe Rogan for now, <laughs> if they can continue to be cordial, they'll probably stay there. But you see all these big companies starting to stockpile podcast talent. Spotify has Joe Rogan, Michelle Obama. Amazon has Will Smith and um, DJ Khaled is going to have. Yeah. Um, So they're starting all these big, big companies are starting to get into the podcast game. And it's actually interesting because you would probably think that podcasts are now like a very common thing, but they're actually just now becoming very mainstream that just now can a casual listener on Spotify just go boop and find Joe Rogan before you'd have to go to his website, find YouTube, kind of already be a fan. Yeah. But now, like back when I used to live in Charlotte in 2017, I used to listen to podcasts on my walk, but I'd have the app, the Apple app, the iTunes right. app. Right. You'd have to, you'd need podcast a separate app. app. And I'd have to Spotify download each episode. Yeah. Mm. You had to go to like iTunes and find what you like, download it. Yeah. Things have changed. And that's only two years if you think about it. Right. And they've been around yeah. for 10, 20. Been around for a while. Podcasts have been a thing. Yeah. They, I remember before it was a lot of, it was like spoken word. It was almost like audio books or like the news. It wasn't like shows. I think a lot. Of, so Howard Stern, this is a good, you know, he made shock jock famous morning talk shows of just talking and telling ridiculous stories and having good guests on and doing compelling interviews. I mean, he got famous for being the shock jock and then, you know, for saying pussy on the air and people getting all pissed about it. And eventually that's why he went to, to satellite radio, just kind of like HBO. If you leave main cable and go to HBO, you can, you know, show tits and blood on your show. If you want, Howard Stern left satellite to get rid of those restrictions and do whatever the hell he wants on a show. And it's rumored that the average right now he's making in his current contract is somewhere like 80 million a year, which is preposterous. But and obviously like he, if you listen to Howard Stern, he's like a really like mellow guy. He doesn't like flash his money and like, you know, buy yachts and shit. He pretty much hangs in his house and like does nothing with his cats into a mic. Yeah, and exactly. And so I don't even think it's like the money. I think it's a respect thing. And I think if he's seeing that, well, Joe Rogan got a hundred million from Spotify. I think Sirius is going, well, we better offer him more because these, if it gets into a dual, like a, a bidding war of who wants the most popular radio person of all time, Someone is, Bezos will drop a bag on Howard Stern to, to get him to leave and to go yeah. to Amazon. The last but thing I, they want is bidding. I think Spotify has more money. They have more investors. Sirius at this point, going away, like most radio is. If commuting's going away, Sirius needs something. And if yeah. Howard Stern leaves, what do they have right. at that point? I mean, they have a free radio. Yeah, they have their niches. And the thing that's actually interesting is Howard Stern has such a passionate fan base that the people who listen, like you have to pay for Sirius and there are still ads on his show. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a typical radio show that is on Sirius. And like they might go stretches for an hour and a half where there will be no ads, but there are ads. And 
he his his audience is so passionate that they'll pay monthly and put up with ads. And it's like if they're willing to do that for this app that a lot of people I bet only use that app for Howard Stern like me if that if I can now listen to my music on Spotify when I'm at the gym and then as soon as I'm done I just scroll over and listen to Howard Stern on Spotify am I ever going to use the Sirius XM app again I don't think so app. especially when Spotify expands into videos would you ever leave Spotify well that's a good question so that's actually part of the Sirius app with the Howard Stern show is that there's a lot of content that is exclusively on that, you know, on the Sirius XM platform. Um, interviews, performances from the guests, um, whatever, like it's exclusively on the Sirius app. And there is some content that they put on YouTube to be promotional or entertaining, but there's a lot of content um, that is only available on the app. So, my thinking was with Spotify and Joe Rogan, they're definitely growing into some sort of platform where there's going to be exclusive video content and performances or interviews or whatever that's only going to be available on the Spotify app. And that's well, interesting. Spotify does have the ability now to, for certain people to upload videos, music videos and stuff like that. Um, it's on an invite only basis. and the other side of it is YouTube is now doing YouTube music where you can stream music without uploading a video. So that's the fight that we have going on between YouTube and Spotify at this point. Um, like it's Sirius XM doesn't have a choice, but to pay Howard Stern if they want to survive this and the streaming and the changes in the world. Um, Commuting still down, SiriusXM's down. SiriusXM, I mean, most of their money is probably, they give away free subscriptions. And it just gets rolled into your car payment at first. Yeah, right. I would have never signed up if I didn't have that trial. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, screw it. And then it was like, you know, the trial was over and I was like, oh, I don't want to, I'm not done listening to Howard. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, how much is it? I, well, it, like I also, I like to just throw it on in the house. And it's good to kind of, it's good background noise. It's funny. He does a great job of like being able to be ridiculous and funny, but five minutes later, be very serious and have like a great conversation. Um, and it's just really good. He, he knows what he's doing. And there's a lot of what he does that I want to bring to this show, you know, have recurring clients call in people that are essentially characters that, you know, if they've been working with us or they always have good music questions, like let's bring them in and make them part of the show. Cause our, if they're good questions, you know, our audience probably wants to hear them. So yeah. Interesting. Howard Stern, 120 million is the reported offer from Sirius. And I think my, from me listening to Howard the last year or so from what he says on the air, it's not a, I think if he's, going to continue doing his show, it will be on Sirius. I don't think he has any interest in leaving. I think it's a matter of, does he want to continue doing his show? If you think about it, you had said part of the reason he's on Sirius is so he's not censored. And that's what Joe Rogan's fighting with right now with Spotify. They want to censor him. And that alone is probably enough for Howard Stern not to leave. 
or even think about it. I don't care if Spotify offers him 200. If he has to abide by what their staff wants, he's not going to do it. Because most of, honestly, I mean, most of the tech staff are not people who listen to Howard Stern and Joe Rogan. No. And that is the issue they're running into. Um, but those personalities don't want to be censored. And they're no. being censored by people who don't listen to them or know what they're trying to do or know what their audience base is. It's almost like Barstool. When they were on ESPN, they lasted one weekend. Yeah, ESPN one weekend. To censor them. It, I don't even think they made it all through college game day. They did one show and they're like, yeah, <laughs> we can't do this. No. There's no way. Even censored, they couldn't do it. So someone like Howard Stern, why? It's, or, I mean, it's almost like any platform who won't take music that has swears in it. Why would you want to put it on there if you're an artist? Why would you want different? It's artistic. A podcast for them is artistic. Let them be the artists that they are the way they want. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And actually, I saw somewhere um, that was questioning whether Spotify and this Joe Rogan thing was publicity. Because, I mean, here we are and talking about it. And how could these things, how could they have not discussed these, th- these issues? You know, well, what are we going to do with the past catalog? With him. It's the staff at Spotify was threatening a lockout, a walkout, a strike, if they're not allowed to censor them. So it wasn't Joe Rogan and Spotify. They were on the same page. It was the people editing the video yeah. and stuff like that and getting everything up that wanted a say. And now they, they're publicly saying they want to say because they don't agree with what he's saying, which is obvious, just like a lot of people don't agree with what Barstool says or Howard Stern. But that doesn't mean you can censor them. If you censor them, they're not who they were anymore. Right. And I just don't understand. Like, I guess, you know, the company of Spotify and its employees in this case are two different entities. But just like, you know, how could you not figure this out? A <laughs> hundred million dollars. You didn't figure this out on like day one. Hey, is this going to work? Like, Hey, like, let's, yeah. let's give, let's give him a hundred. Right. Let's buy this show because of, for what it is, it's so great. And it has an audience. Let's buy it and change it immediately. What? Like <laughs> in sense, let's limit ourselves right away. Like that doesn't make any sense that. for either party. You know, I'm that's sure. Happened. Like there's huge cases. I can't think of any, but. Oh, it's just, I guess, you know, it would be the same as if someone moved from like regional, I'm covering the Celtics. And I can kind of be a little bit more, I know my audience in New England might probably will let me get away with saying a little bit more things. But now if you go to ESPN and you're supposed to cover everybody, you got to kind of, I don't know if censor yourself is the right word. Pat McAfee's a barstool person. Oh yeah. ESPN hired him. He still has his own show, but when he's with ESPN on college game day, he's not the same. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good question of, is that censorship or is that kind of like, Hey, today we need you to be this role. You know, I'm not always the funny version of me. You know, if I need to be serious on a show tomorrow, like it's not necessarily censoring me, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of like a different hat, but there's a line for How sure. much would it take for you to do that? How much money is the question? <laughs> would you be willing serious. to be censored by Spotify? You know what? If Sirius XM is listening, if they want to save, save 20 million a year, just give me a hundred and I'll come and you can censor me however you want. I will be your little puppet 
<laughs> I will say whatever you want for a hundred million a year. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, they're doing. Oh, do we We've have our B3. guests here today? We've got B three here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. We'll ask him if he's a if a, what are they a, a whack packer? That's the word I'm looking for. Is B three here now? I'm putting it right, here. We go. Yo yo yo, Rob. What's up, man? How's, uh, how's the audio sound? Is, that, is everything good on that part? It sounds all right. We are live right now. You got your video going? All right now. Heck yeah. There we go. How are we doing? Boom. What's good. up, brother? How are you? My life. Can't complain. Can't complain. Now, question. Do you listen to Howard Stern? Um, I have listened to Howard Stern. Do I listen to him? No. Hey, now. <laughs> um, don't worry he's in the news today the rumor is that uh sirius xm is going to offer him 120 million a year to stick around and work three days a week and talking to a mic like i'm doing i told him they want to save 20 million i'll do it for 100 what do you think come on i'm with it <laughs> well okay so um b3 introduce yourself to our audience here today B3 the third, as he said, that's my name. Um, music producer, live performer, musician, uh, entrepreneur, all the above, man. We just uh, out here, OTB Galactic is uh, my team, my label, and we just get it done out here. So, um, yeah, man, that's me. Hell yeah. And for our audience, uh, James and I met B3 in Nashville, I think, right? That's where it was. That's right. Yep. Yeah, we were bouncing around a little bit, but you are from Texas, right? Uh, I'm from Nashville, but my family moved to Texas like, they were, they actually just moved again, but they were there for like two years. So when oh, I okay. had met you guys, my mom was in Texas, but I'm from Nashville. That's where I am right now. Uh, and that's gotcha. where I spent most of my high school. I, I spent 10 years here. So Nashville's home to me. Hell yeah. That, I mean, it looks like you're at a pretty cool spot there out in the woods. Yeah. We just, uh, yeah. You know, got to seclude yourself to a point where you can uh, keep your brain just thinking the right way and, and keep creating. So that's what we do. Now that's a good that's a good segue into how have you been able to stay like that during quarantine? Have you do you have the resources to like record at home, or like what have you been able to do during all of this change? Home studios, um, nothing as far as like the creativity has changed. Obviously, live performing, um, moving around and whatnot that has definitely slowed down, but. As far as like making music, I mean, my whole album got done during quarantine. So really, like, it's it's a it's just free time to be able to do what you need, or not free time, but it's given us more time for us to do what we need. So, um, yeah, we got the whole album done. We've got three videos off of the project shot already. Um, so everything's. I mean, quarantine has blessed us with just time to get everything done that we need. Right. Are you setting yourself up for after? What are you setting yourself up to do? Uh, exactly. Able to get out. Yeah, we're just holding on to everything. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to release anything in quarantine for multiple reasons. But um, yeah, once, once everything opens back up, we could get back on the road. We could take advantage of releases and stuff. That's what, exactly what we're going to do. So um, we've got everything ready to go. Yeah, this highlights a, a, an interesting situation that so many musicians are in. Because nowadays, on the business side of the music, you know, when you have a full project, really the goal is to set yourself up to get some buzz with that project and then use that buzz to book some shows and make the real money selling your shirts at the show. And now it's this weird feeling where musicians are like, well, I don't want to do nothing. 
but I also can't capitalize on what I was gonna do. So where is this interesting middle ground? I think you're doing a good thing in stockpiling content and ammo to use like when you have the right target. And you've been really successful in like promoting quote unquote old music. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us like the rundown of what it was that kind of, cause we've been, we try to preach that side of things, but what was it that made you kind of buy into it and to think, you know, that actually does make sense. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even say like buy into it. I would just say it just makes sense. If, uh, if you have music out there and personally, like I like to make sure everything that goes out there is something I want to stay out in the world. Um, so you know, if you have music out there that you think is a good product and if it, and that's my belief is when I put something out, it's a good product. Um, you know, it only makes sense to continue to put promotion into it. Even if new releases and stuff isn't coming out, there's, I mean, I'm a up and coming artist as far as numbers. So when you look at all the people that haven't heard my stuff, that's all people I need to be getting to. So, um, numbers look good, but there's also way more people that haven't heard heard my music. So we love to go back in the archives and put some promotion on something that may relate to a current event in the world at the time. Um, you know, in those standards. What have you found to be your most effective way to promote your older music? Because I know you're working on doing some influencer marketing, maybe Mm -hmm. some ads, um, playlisting. What way do you feel? Is there a, a certain formula that seems to work best for you? The secret potion is De Nova. (laughs) <laughs> i wasn't looking for that <laughs> so you know I, everything so playlisting where you guys help out playlisting is huge um getting i mean just there's so many ways to market old music it's just everything together is is you find a formula for each artist is going to be different so you find a formula that works for for your situation for you as an artist and uh you kind of make a game plan and slowly start to knock out those goals um as time goes on what i think one of the most important things in doing it is learning that recipe so that when okay even if you've got the best song you've ever made and it's the most marketable one and you're getting ready to set it up you don't want to you want to limit how much you have to learn on the fly when it really matters. So like, if you want to say, okay, I got my new song out. This is going to be the next step. I know I need to do some Instagram ads. I know I need to find some playlists. I know I need to do X, Y, and Z. Like the first time you do X, Y, and Z is not going to be the most efficient way that you end up doing it. Right. Right. And like the thing is with like your recipe you can always tweak the intensity of it, but you want to get the recipe right. So you can start to tweak and learn the recipe of Facebook ads for five bucks a day for a week to kind of just get familiar with the platform, get familiar with how to set up your audience. Does a picture or a video work better for me? If you can do that, do that guesswork, those experiments and test out your recipe and you test it out on you know songs that are quote unquote old, once you learn your recipe and learn how to sharpen your tools, when it's time to step up and really put it on the next step, that new song, you're going to be much more fine-tuned and eliminate the guesswork that you have to do no matter what. Yeah. And I, I think you... Yeah. The best is data wins the game. And um, 
you know, all of that going back is just collecting data and, and building more data to yourself. And with data, anything is possible. So that's true. And it's interesting because like nowadays you see even on Netflix, like right now, there are like three big documentaries and series about like all these companies gathering data and like using data and all this information that people don't know is being tracked. Every single company, every big company is all about data. Data is more valuable than oil. The way like data is the most valuable commodity in the world. Think about that. That's crazy. Think about that. We are the product. That's not they're, they're selling the ability to advertise to us, knowing what we want. And that's what Spotify is selling. I mean, really, if Spotify needs it, why do most artists not think they need it or want it? They just think people are going to find them. Spotify needs this data to know what you like. Are you sad? Spotify probably knows that from what you're doing on Facebook. It's crazy to think, but they know everything. 100%. Hey, but if they know it, that means we can gather that information as well. So it's, uh, you know. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, the name of the the name of the game is getting Spotify to view you as a value add for listeners that look like this. Yeah. So that if it says, hey, you know, guys on the West Coast who are in their twenties who like Russ like B three, well, what we're going to start doing is showing this to people that fit that description, and if we're right, we're going to show it to more people. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm fine. With it. I'm fine with it. It's, it's 2020. The world has the information. It's just now it's a game of, of if you can't beat it, join them. So. Exactly. And it's really interesting to what I've been saying to clients is like, we have to accept that Spotify is better at this than we are. And always if will. they're t- always will be, they are light years ahead of like the human brain, right? It's like that AI learning their algorithm is processing millions of data points every second and yeah. learning and our s- stupid human brains are like very, very slowly catching up. So like well, we are going to lose, but as an artist, that's from the listener perspective, as an artist, if we can get tilt that, bo- that board to our advantage, where if we can get Spotify to say, yep, this is a value add for listeners that look like this. Now we benefit. So that's really the name of the game. And you've seen, now you've had songs come and go off of the algorithm. Um, James asked an interesting question that I want to follow up on or follow up. Yeah. On is he mentioned influence influencer marketing. I know you did some things on TikTok. Did you notice an impact with those? Um, yes, definitely notice an impact to to the extent I wanted, no, because it wasn't to the budget I wanted. But it's, uh, I think influencing is a great thing. If you stack that, I mean, it's just another tool in the, in the shed, you know? So, um, I mean, it definitely works. If, you, uh, if, if people see somebody who they look up to, listening to, dancing to, blah, 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 to your song or a song, they are likely to say, let me check this out or you know, oh, this, this person likes this. I like them. Maybe I'll like this. It should, I mean, it's all like brain connection and, and tricking human brains. I mean, marketing is a, is a neuron game up there. So, uh, yeah, it's, I definitely think influence is, is great. 
I like, I enjoyed it when I did it. I want to do it on a much bigger budget. I had a, a good budget, but much bigger. Um, but I think TikTok is a great source for all artists for sure. People are making careers out of TikTok. Um, I mean, as, as TikTokers, but artists are getting found on TikTok and boom, jumpstarting their career just right off that. I know of um, a label, well, Logic's original label. I was talking to them recently and they admitted the CEO there um, admitted that that is their whole goal. They do two things. They do TikTok and they do playlisting. And it's either go viral or build a fan base over time. And if going viral can spike it and speed it up, that's what they do. But they also have a budget from Sony funding them. We don't all have that. Yeah, exactly. But it, that's why I kind of said earlier, recipe. Like you can do TikTok, but if you rely on TikTok, you may never do anything. Mm -hmm. And I know you don't do that. You do have a recipe. You're working on TikTok. You're working on Instagram. You're doing your videos. You're promoting stuff all the time. You're active. Um, one of the few artists I follow on Instagram is you, and you are active, which is nice to see. Um, you take it as a business. Yeah. And without that, if you take it as I make music, I want to go viral, it's not going to work. Um, you're taking it as a business. So everything you're doing is feeding into your music business and growing it sustainably right as well i mean I, I would definitely say to like all artists out there that's a, a big thing is as a human being especially in your own human being you forget you are the business like you make that decision when becoming an artist that yourself is about to be a business so you got to take that and, and understand like you got to have hard skin and know like people are going to treat you like a business don't take that personal people like and you have to carry yourself as a business. And it's a big commitment. So it's really just like, do you want this or not? Because at the end of the day, it is a business. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I love this thing. So I, I got no complaints. <laughs> I think you do a really good job of, at least on like social media and how you, because I think there's a difference between presenting yourself and marketing yourself, right? But the way you just present and like the way the two go together. I think you do a really good job of showing that like B3 is like a personality and music is a thing that you do. I think you, cause like, it's not just, Oh, I'm a artist period. It's kind of like, I do a handful of things. Look, I like, you know, I am me. I am a brand. And one of the products I sell is music. Yeah. A bit like, a part of my brand is like just being genuine too. So like it, it, it kind of like to you guys comes off as that, but, it's it just like the business of B3 is just very genuine itself. So I try to, to relate that into all my platforms, into my music as well. Um, you can probably hear in my music, they just have fun and, and put a smile on people's faces. Like a lot of, you know, some of my music is serious, but a lot of it is just fun and happy. And uh, so, yeah, I try to just be genuine. And that I, I think that hopefully is what you guys are saying, relates over to social media. And that's what I try to do. So that's cool to hear. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, you have to. If you can't be happy with what you're doing or have passion behind what you're doing, you're not going to last. You're going to burn out. Um, I can only imagine if Ellie and I really didn't care about independent artists and we we're just trying to put a front on, it's not going to last. It, it never does. Um, you see basketball players, like, first thing comes to mind is Kyrie Irving in Boston. That wasn't who he was, and it didn't last. It's no different if you're running a business. If your business isn't actually what you're saying it's going to be, it's not going to last. And you're you've been sustainable or continuous with it because it's what you want to do. And I always tell people like, find out who you want to be. Who do you want to be known as? 
Because if you just want to be known as someone with a bunch of money and fancy cars, you're probably not going to last that long. And you've done something where people will know you and know, like Elliot said, you do music, you have clothing, you do all this other stuff, but you do it because you want to, and you do it differently in your own way. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. That's why I'm just here to, uh, to inspire. I, uh, I've been doing this, you know, for a long time and and a a long time to come, but, uh, yeah, man, I definitely just want to like put that good energy in the world and just inspire people, like get out there and like, if you really got to do it, and it's work, but you can do it, man. Dreams come true. Uh, like anything is possible. So, hell yeah. Now, when you were growing up, were you a Van Halen fan? Uh, I think everybody was. I honestly, though, I didn't. I really didn't listen to that much music when I was younger. Um, I was big into sports. And, you know, you just have, like, the classic songs that everyone's kind of listening to. Uh, I listened to like the first rap album I ever heard was Curtain Call by Eminem. And my dad like used to play it when we were going to lacrosse practice. And he was like, you can't tell your mom like you're listening. <laughs> like I did. You know, my dad would always be playing music and stuff, but I, nobody was really musically talented of like showing me like greats and legends and all of that. But yeah, man, I, you know, I knew of Van Halen and, and have done my research. So absolutely. Well, the reason I ask is unfortunately, yeah, he passed away, but uh, he is, he was something. So now one of the, one of our sponsors of the show is this company called flow clothing company, and it's by an independent artist probably has a lot in common with you. Um, and what we like to ask folks for part of this segment here is how would you describe your flow and like what ingredients go into it? Cause like, you know, being genuine is the perspective, but like, you know, what influences have created your flow i i don't want to give you all the salt not you guys but the world (laughs) (laughs) um i usually always wear a necklace on my neck and it just says water and we always say like as you go through life you just flow like water just like be pure like water move like water like water can pretty much get anything unless it truly is a sealed block and then it usually tries to fight a way around it uh, so yeah, we always say just move like water. And I guess that's a pretty simple one word answer. to what is my flow is water. Water. <laughs> that's a good answer. Okay. Water. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here. Got it. Who are your top three rappers of all time based on your favorite? Not like, oh, they're the best. Yeah, man. I- I'll just speak from current. Right now. Um, yeah, right now. And a lot of people get mad. You know, is he a rapper? Is he a singer? What does he do? Post Malone is, is one of the greatest artists, in my personal opinion. Um, he just can do it all. And, you know, uh, Post Malone, um, Tyler Yahweh, I like a lot just through that, that whole camp. He's been coming up through them. So that's kind of my attraction to that. Um, but, uh, man, I've always loved Tyler, the creator. Um, musically but just stretching boundaries as a whole all his uh all his like clothing and everything i've always looked up to kind of the empire he built through like odd future and he kept it real genuine in the beginning with having all his friends around and really giving everyone an opportunity to be successful that's kind of something we stand for at otb is like making sure everyone around us is is a part of it um if they're willing to hold their own and actually get out there and do this thing um we'll make sure opportunities are available for 
those people. Um, so Tyler Crater, definitely. And uh, I, right now, I listen to a lot of the baby. I, I just he's fun. He's got B three vibes, but he's just so fire. <laughs> I like his vibe. Yeah, he just rides on everything. I have some people that I work with who grew up with him in Charlotte, so that's like a, a little personal connection. I've never met him or anything, but it's just like those little things kind of attract me to artists um, because it just shows like this is normal dude. Calm John. Yep. Yeah. We have the connection with B3 through the studio in Charlotte that we work with. Um, okay. His producers, everyone's... With, the, well, then, what was that? You mean with the baby? The baby, sorry. Yeah, what did I say? You said with B3. Everybody already B3. knows we've got a connection B3. with B3. He's right there. Yeah. See, uh, <laughs> my top three. No. <laughs> my top three is B1, B2, <laughs> B3. <laughs> Muslim B1 gets a shout out on anything. He, I'll have to get this uh, this podcast to him. He'll, he'll be. Uh, are those your? Is that? Yeah. So okay. Explain to me the what is what is B3 the third? That's how you know it's a good interview. The first question wasn't what is B3 the third. <laughs> Here we are. We're Twenty five minutes into it. Hey, so wait a minute. <laughs> this deep end. So uh, my last name is Betchley, and I am the third. So Robert Michael Betchley the third. Um, so yeah, my grandpa's B1, my dad's B2, I'm B3. Um, but the third just comes from search purposes as far as like everyone's always called me B3. But like when I was making music in the beginning, if you, first my name was The Waiter and then it was B3. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. But yeah, B3 the third. <laughs> the third because um, search purposes, vitamins would always pop up when people were like. Yeah. That's wow. a drastic name change. That's yeah. like uh, two chains. <laughs> Titty boy. <laughs> it's where It's still me. It's kind of like repetitive, like B three, and then the third is kind of saying the three, but whatever. One, it works. Do you have any, yeah. Do you have any songs come out with Chegs? Yeah. So we, I mean, we've uh, all quarantine. We've been locked in nonstop. He's got an album. He's in the midst of. Um, I just wrapped up. Well, wrapping up my project. Um, we have joint stuff working on. We have OTB collective stuff we're working on. We have a lot of stuff we're working on. It's like the hardest thing is just staying focused on one project at a time. And that's kind of something we just will always be working on multiple things at a time. Um, but yeah, we got some stuff coming. He's got some amazing, amazing music on the way. I, I mean, I, I'm so excited for just the world to hear um, what we get blessed to hear inside the, inside the house. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for him to get some stuff out, but everybody's got stuff coming. Everybody. That's Good. great. Glad to hear. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We're excited. Well, I got, I have one interesting question that I thought of now you're in Nashville. You're from Nashville. Yeah. Now, obviously that's a town that is predominantly known for country music. Now, can, how has that been to try to, you know, when people say, oh, hey, I'm a musician. Oh, where are you from? Nashville. Everyone expects you to be the Zach Brown band. Grant, I don't know if they're from Nashville, but that's the sound, right? Yeah. So can you describe what that's been like to try to, has that been a struggle or has that been an added bonus where people are like, oh, wow, I didn't expect this from somebody from Nashville? Yeah. I mean, it is kind of always unexpected. Um, depending on the fit you're wearing that day, I guess too. Like if you pull up kind of dripping, they're like, Oh, 
might not do country music. But no, oh, I mean, overall, like, yeah, when you say Nashville, it just automatically is like country music. It's just, that's what it is. It's a music city. It started out as country music. But over the years, there's a, there's a strong underground community here. And I don't even want to say underground. I don't like that word, but it's, uh, it's just up and coming. Um, Clean Boy Promotions, we do a lot of work with them. Shady Chris, Levi Patton, they, they changed the entire Nashville scene to start giving artists opportunities to perform in front of platforms of 1,500 to 2,000 people. Um, I mean, they do some incredible work out here, but there's, there's a, there's, there is a very strong scene that just needs that, that extra bump. And it's, and it's slowly building. Quarantine obviously put a little cap on things, but um, before quarantine, I mean, we, I mean, it, it's just, it's fun out here, man. It really is. Um, we just need that, that big artist breakthrough. Um, we've had some artists, you know, right. but there's, there's not that superstar that came out of Nashville yet in in another realm of country music so um whether we're the first or the follow-up we're gonna make sure you know there, there's people behind us that do get the opportunities but yeah Nashville's great man it's great there's a there's a lot of opportunity out here you got to find the right area network and uh make those connections but it's here it is Nashville is a really fun town um James and I went there for New Year's Eve and I had never been there before. I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. So I had a good time exploring the Johnny Cash Museum and like eating pancakes at the Johnny Cake, Johnny Cakes, at Johnny Cash's diner, restaurant, whatever that place was. Nashville is a really cool town. And I think actually what you were mentioning there about like without having that big star yet, like the baby is that star for Charlotte. He now Charlotte kind of has a hip hop scene. I think you're right. Once Nashville kind of has that person, people are going to be like, Oh, Nashville has a hip hop scene and it very well could be you. Yeah. It could be anybody. It could be anybody, but I will say whether it's me first or not, we will be there. We ain't stopping until we are, but a hundred percent. The first artist to get there will definitely, it will, it will be kind of like a, I don't even know the word for it, but it will just allow people to kind of like break through that barrier that there is more than this in Nashville. Um, and I don't know how, you know, I don't know how it hasn't yet because there's just, there is so much talent here. It's actually ridiculous, but uh, I don't know if it's oversaturated with the country music or if it's just people have that stigma that that can't happen in Nashville. But uh, I mean, it is happening. So it's kind of, you know, I think slow, people will slowly start to just waking up and, uh, I think they were. I think quarantine kind of screwed a lot up with that, but also like it's still right where we left off. So we got to come back stronger than we were before, but we will. So, and you mentioned Nashville. That was the last lunch of the decade. We had uh, we had bar. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what that was. (laughs) Bar taco. Yeah. Those were good tacos. I like spent thirty dollars. I like fourteen tacos. I think. Well, B3, so where can our audience find you? Uh, B3thethird.com. B3thethird on all social media platforms, all streaming platforms, real simple. Um, But B3 is just B3 and the third is spelled out. So 
um, yeah, it's all right there. Come rock with me, shoot me a DM, shoot me some comments, and, uh, and I'm excited to see who's out there rocking, and I'll show love back. I love supporting other artists, um, other art, period. So let's all network. I'm here, producers. You know you know how we do it. So. Hell yeah. Well, for our audience, go check out b3thethird.com. Find him on Instagram. Check him out on Spotify and see some of his videos on YouTube. They're very well done. Um, well, B3, man, thank you so much for your time. That place looks beautiful wherever you're at. So go enjoy that afternoon in Nashville. We'll get to work now. Yeah, get to work. And thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate everything. As always, shout out to Nova, um, OTB Galactic, everybody rocking with the movements. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll, we'll talk soon. That's Looking great. forward to it. Look forward to it. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Peace. See ya. Great guy. Now I yeah. thought it was interesting about Nashville. I didn't think of that. Of like, I wonder what it's like trying to make a name for something in a city that is already so well known for something very similar but very different. And think about how hard it is for them to already get performance time on the strip. And there's no way you're getting in that strip without country music because tourists mm. are there anyway. So I feel like he's probably limited to where he can be. You want to know what I was actually, so, okay. I loved Nashville, really fun town, clean, modern, beautiful city. I liked it very much, but in terms of the music scene, I was actually underwhelmed. And let me tell you why, because there is so much talent in that city. Yet every popular bar that you would go to that had a big crowd and people playing music Every band was exactly the same. They, I didn't, granted, I was there for New Year's Eve and it was probably different than a normal Thursday. But like every single band played the exact same classic rock karaoke songs that you would expect. Don't Stop Believing, you know, Jump by Van Halen and like all the, the big kind of party songs that are fun and that are, but I didn't see anybody even like change the solo of the song and make it their own a little bit. And I, I was like not like disappointed, everyone, but I was just kind of like, what? Everyone was going for the money. They were all yeah, just the, going for the tourists, the, the money, to like play the play Sweet Caroline and just. Yeah. Cause everyone's drunk. and da, da, da. Yeah. yeah. But just like, even so there's like, you can still do the classics and get that response, but change it, you know, add a little something at the end, change the solo a little bit, put a drum solo in there. Who cares? But it was just like, if I wanted to listen to don't stop believing on the jukebox, I would like you, if, or if I wanted to see a band, like I want to see the band, I don't want to see your version of the exact same thing because it's going to be inherently not as good. You didn't write it. So I was just like, man, with all this talent, there wasn't one bar that was like doing original like songs. And like, I was, granted it was New Year's Eve and it was all probably aimed around the tourists and everything. But like, I want to go back and see if it's still that way. Or if it is kind of, maybe I didn't go off the beaten path enough and I kind of stayed where the tourists are. But you'd think that, you know, they'd play something other than fucking Bon Jovi hits again and again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. White Snake, how many times can I listen to the Ramones when I'm in Nashville? I like the Ramones, but Jesus, if I have to listen to I Want to Be Sedated one more time or a shitty version of Bohemian Rhapsody, my goodness. 
Like it's Nashville. Come on, do some, do something that I can only see in Nashville. You know, I don't need, if I want to see an okay cover band, I can go to any town in the country. Show me something that I can only see in Nashville. That's all. Yeah. I think we, uh, we got new year's and we had the main strip. We didn't really leave it. I mean, we did to CB3. We went out and about, but yeah, I'd be interested to see how they perform at like an open night. Like this weekend, not being booked out six months in advance and having to pay to perform and just trying to make their money back. Mm -hmm. Because most of those main strips, they're just paying to perform because they think it's worth $250 for three minutes and they can make that back in tips. Um, from well, there. Like I, that, all, that all makes sense. I guess my point is it shouldn't be that hard to find. You know? Because no, like, not there. We were there for three or four days and we were bouncing around and doing our, and having a fun time and we didn't see anything like that. And like, it shouldn't be that hard to find in Nashville. So. Oh, we went to Top Golf. <laughs> yeah, we spent way too much money at Top Golf. I think we hit five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars. Jesus, <laughs> with us, two chicks, and a guy, and like, yeah, that yeah. shit cre- crept up on us. All of a sudden, five hundred dollars later. Yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> I'm no better at golf than I was when I got in here. I'm probably worse. <laughs> Definitely uh, drunker. Yeah. But. Yeah, so I mean, B three was a great guest. Um, I think he was planning on having Cheggs be. I think Cheggs is an artist he works with and a producer that's on the same group that he's on. And I think uh, he was going to try to make it to the show, but he couldn't make it. Um, but yeah, for our listeners out there, B three has a lot of cool tunes. Like he was saying, you know, some of them are serious, a lot of them are a lot of fun. Check him out on Spotify. He's got some great music videos on YouTube um, and B three the third dot com. I just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Flow Clothing Company. Check them out at flowclothingcompany.com. And find us at denovoagency.com. And remember to shoot us your questions at contact at denovoagency.com so we can answer some of them on next week's show. James, do you have anything interesting going on tonight? I'm heading down to Destin, Florida. Going down to the beach. Going to watch some Thursday Night Football with some friends. and. Uh... Maybe run into an artist who's there. I got one DM about someone who lives there. There you go. Well, De- I can't say I've ever been to Destin, Florida, but Not it sounds so warm. <laughs> Where are you now? You're in Tallahassee? Yeah, I'm in Tallahassee right now. Yep. Your panhandles. Now, that's the good side or the bad side? Panhandles, pretty much Alabama. So. all right well (laughs) yeah before we offend any other states in the union let's uh call it a day and uh to all of our fans in florida and alabama come on come on i'll catch us next next week um this has been the business of music podcast my name is elliot that's james thanks for tuning in Thank you for listening to the Business of Music podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more content like this on how to help yourself as an independent artist, join us at denovoagency.com and check out a lot of our free resources. 